seen all this, uh, I don't even know what to call it at this point. It's gone beyond meme. Have you seen all this stuff about the Ant-Man Thanos thing? The thing about Ant-Man going up Thanos' butt and then expanding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw one where it was, um, the Magic School Bus. Oh my god. And it was just like, from an episode where Miss Frizzle shrank down the bus and they went inside, what was his name, Arnold? Yeah, yeah, I remember that episode, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, from the front of the bus it looks like, you know, they're inside, like, this. there's a sphincter there, because, you know, there's yep. a bunch of sphincters, it's not just your butthole, but, um, and it was just like, if Ant-Man won't do this job, then I guess we'll have to. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I just love how far it's taken off. Like, did you see Josh Brolin's response to it? No. Josh Brolin actually filmed a response of him pantsless sitting on a toilet trying to shit out uh, Ant-Man. My God. <laughs> That's how far it's gone. Like, I just... I, I'm, I'm in disbelief that of all the infinite universes and parallel timelines and dimensions that we could possibly live in, we got the one where the biggest Avengers in-game theory is Ant-Man crawling into Thanos' asshole and blowing him up from the inside. But that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Not anymore, no. No, because, like... <laughs> uh, what a time to be alive. I mean... <laughs> Excuse me. Like, you you say that, like, that's one of the weirdest things going on right now, but mm. have you heard about what's going on in Ukraine? I'm not sure. In their election? No. One of the guys who is... The guy who's currently leading the race for president of Ukraine... Yep. is a comedian who stars in a TV show about a teacher who becomes elected president of Ukraine. Oh. And um, the show translates to Servant of the People. He's running in the newly formed uh, Servant of the People party. And his real-life platforms pretty much echo that of his character from the show. And this motherfucker is leading the race. That's amazing. Yeah. So he goes (laughs) from playing a teacher who becomes president of Ukraine, running on an anti-corruption platform, to actually being leading the race for president on an anti-corruption platform. Wow. But there's a lot of people who are you know, calling bullshit on that because he's on a network that's run by this big oligarch and yeah. Yeah. But the fact that he's like it's life imitating art for this guy yeah is just ridiculous. Like, he has a sizable lead. 
That's amazing. Yep. Uh, on that note, welcome to a very special uh, episode of Jedi Dropouts uh, featuring foreign politics and biology, courtesy of our very own Miss Frizzle, Mr. James Moss. Yep. <laughs> I don't have the curls anymore, though. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Been, been a been a hot minute. Yep. Yep. Um, I am Ryan Taylor, and we got quite the episode here. We got a lot to talk about. It's been a little delayed recording because, um, I think mostly because of head colds. Yeah, I had one, then you had one. Yeah, it fucking sucked. Mine stuck uh, around for a while, like, even after everything else was gone, I felt perfect. Even when I'd go to bed, like, I'd just have these coughing fits where I just couldn't breathe anytime I laid down. Oh, really? Yeah, it stuck around for a while. It's brutal. One downer note I need to talk about real quick, just because of the timing of our last episode. Um, so we started off the the most recent episode of Jedi Dropouts talking about two things. Uh, celebrity deaths and Jeopardy. And yep. as timely as we could possibly be, before we actually got that episode released, uh, Luke Perry passed away. Alex Trebek um, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Both very sad, um, but just the timing of it for us, it seemed like we were completely out of the loop uh, when that episode released. Um, yeah, there's always a bit of a delay between when we record and when we release because, well, editing. So, uh, just quickly gonna say, uh, you know, rest in peace to Mr. Luke Perry. Uh, I was actually a real big fan of his acting. Um, seemed like a, a genuinely nice dude. I hadn't seen him in a lot because, well, I haven't watched Riverdale or... Yeah. Riverdale's my main go-to. I know 90210 is the big one for him, but a little bit before my time. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be in the upcoming Tarantino movie that I'm excited to see as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, I've, I think he was having a bit of a resurgence as an actor. Um, and also want to say that if Alex Trebek isn't the most professional being on this planet, I don't know who is, because holy shit, that, the, the announcement video, like, he's all business, right? All business, all the time. And, and he made jokes, crack, just cracking jokes, like it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's known for a while, he might have had time to come to terms with it. Yeah. Here at Jedi Dropouts, we wish Alex Trebek all the best. Um, both big Jeopardy fans. Yep. As we've talked about it quite a few times now. Um, I think, honestly, the uh, the tests are coming out this week. I might apply to try and be on Jeopardy, although I don't know if it's open to Canadian residents, so... Who knows? Who knows? I'm no, I'm no Ken Jennings, I know that much, but... Okay. Let's get into the episode. We have a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of news, and um, we're going to quickly get into this news here. First bit of news. Uh, James, are you a very big fan of John Carpenter's Escape from New York? I haven't seen it since I was in high school, and that was 
almost 15 years ago, so I it's hard to say. Deserves a rewatch. Great movie. There's going to be a remake. That's the kind of thing that would normally make me a little iffy, but it's being remade by Lee Wanell, a.k.a. the co-creator, along with James Wan, of the Saw franchise. Um, he acted in the first Saw as, uh, oh shit, what's the character's name? Adam, the the reporter. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That that's him. He, he's the actor from the first Saw, but he also was the co-writer on a lot of the Saw films. He was also in the Insidious movies. Yeah, yeah, and he, he I think he directed some of the Insidious movies. He's been directing yeah. for a while. Um, he knows what he's doing, and he did a movie last year that really came close to being on my top ten list called uh, Upgrade. I highly recommend Upgrade if you haven't seen it. It's um, it's a lot like Venom in a way, even so far as like the actor kind of looks like Tom Hardy a little bit. But I think I kind of liked it better than Venom. Uh, anyway, great sci-fi movie, and he is going to make the new Escape from New York. The question is, who should play the new Snake? Do you bring Kurt Russell back, or do you go young? I'd go young. Yeah. I think so, too. I think this is maybe the role that I've been waiting for to try and fancast Wyatt Russell into. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, who's going to play his dad better, right? And after seeing, like, Overlord and stuff, I feel like he... He has the chops for something like that. And I mean, like, he does look the part. He does. He really does. Put an eye patch on him and just put him in the outfit and, and you're set, right? Exactly. Yeah. Next bit of news and a little more uh, up our alley. The Dwayne Johnson Black Adam movie is moving ahead. Yeah. They have announced characters that are going to be casted in this movie. Uh... Hawkman, Stargirl, and Atom Smasher are all going to be in this movie. And I think we agree on at least one of these fan castings. Yeah. John Cena should be Hawkman. Yep. John Cena would be great as Carter Hall. Yeah, and, and then we get the WrestleMania of DC movies, John Cena versus The Rock. Exactly. And it would actually be good, because they can both act. Yep. Which is funny that they're casting Adam Smasher because when he was on an episode of The Flash, he was played by Edge. Yeah. I mean, we could just bring them all back and yeah. go for a full-on wrestling cast here. Just, um, you know, redo the Hulk Hogan biopic. <laughs> no, it would be the reverse. Instead of casting all these actors as wrestlers, we'd have all these wrestlers as characters. Exactly. Does Ronda Rousey count? Can she be Stargirl? I mean, she could. She's been in a couple movies now. Yeah. But I, I think there's better talent than Ronda. Yeah. Like, most of it, really. Um, I've never really been a Ronda Rousey fan. Like, even when no. she was dominant in the UFC, I just... I don't know. I didn't like her attitude. There were other no, people I... in that roster that I liked so much more, and, like, people that when they fought Ronda... Even though I knew there was a good chance they were going to lose, I was kind of rooting for them to upset her. Yeah, I agree. Ronda Rousey always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. She just seemed like a poor sport. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's get fucking uh, Amanda Nunes in there. She's she's my kind of UFC fighter. I liked Holly Holm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always a fan of Misha Tate, but I don't think Misha Tate can act, and I don't really see many roles that she would fit. Speaking of uh, female characters in superhero movies, The Eternals, the uh, Marvel movie, I think we chatted about on the last episode a little bit. They have reportedly casted one of their leads, um, Angelina Jolie. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a big name. It's a big name attached. Um, I don't... I don't dislike her acting, but I've never been the biggest fan of her movies. I don't know if it's more to do with the movie she's been in. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was her fault that Tomb Raider was not great. No, I, I you can't blame Angelina Jolie for how bad most video game movies are. No. I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was kind of corny, but I did enjoy it. I actually never got around to seeing that one. I probably should. Wanted was alright. Is that the one where they curve bullets in the air? Yeah, that's the one with uh, James McAvoy. Yeah. I don't know. There's not not a whole lot. Um, like it. It's never been her acting. It's always just been the movies she happened to be in. Yeah. So I think it's good work. She can act. She can. There's just something about Angelina Jolie that I've just always just been like very wary of. Between the whole, like, making out with her brother on the red carpet and, like, carrying a vial of Billy Bob's blood and... What? I haven't heard of any of that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Dude, look up some shit on Angelina Jolie from, like, years ago, like, when she first started getting big. Like, she brought her brother to a red carpet event and then the two of them were, like, tongue kissing on the red carpet. What the fuck? And then she was with Billy Bob Thornton for a while. And the two of them used to wear vials of each other's blood. Like, on a necklace. And then she got together with Brad Pitt. And then they fucking adopt, like, 20 kids. Yeah, she's a bit out there. Yeah. To say the least. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sure she's a great person. And, like... You know, I hope that all those kids she adopted had good lives and everything like that, and that she made a difference, but there is some really odd behavior there. You say had good lives as if they're all dead now. Like, (laughs) did I miss something? (laughs) Most of them are grown up now, aren't they? Yeah, I know. They're starting to get to the point of independence and self-reliance. She can't be held accountable for the lives they have from here on. Yeah, true. (laughs) I'm just <laughs> you just made me think for a second like did she just like kill them off because she was done parenting or what <laughs> yeah she like wanted to, she wanted to start a new jewelry line she just bled them dry wow oh shit oh uh, I've been oh awake God. for like 20 minutes I'm t- just going way too dark with this shit so moving on <laughs> <laughs> Um, in other in other Marvel news, uh, it's not even really news. It's more of a rumor, but it's a rumor that I really, really like, and I feel like it has some weight. Um, the word is that Doctor Strange 2, whenever we get it, will feature Namor, the Submariner. Submariner. And Submariner? Yep. Oh, 
Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Namor, so, the submarine sandwich. So what you're telling me is he's not half man, half submarine. Not as far as I know. I need to reread all of those comics now. I'm very uncertain with Namor's endowment. <laughs> anyway, uh, Namor uh, in, in Doctor Strange 2 apparently will build up to an Illuminati movie. Oh, I fucking hope so. Right? Uh, the word is that it'll probably have a lineup of Doctor Strange, Namor, uh, Professor X, and Reed Richards himself, Mr. Fantastic. That would be fucking awesome. That would be a really good way to spin off into Fantastic Four and X-Men. But, I mean, like, we're assuming T'Challa's going to be back after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been a member of the Illuminati. Yeah, I would imagine he'd showed up. Yeah. But, I mean, everyone's kind of assuming that Tony Stark's going to be gone. Yeah, I feel pretty safe in that one. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if he if he's not. Yeah. Um, do you have any actors that you like as Namor? As Namor? Um, oh my god, what was his name? There was an actor that I had in mind. Uh, I knew what his name was, and I started Googling him, and the first thing that came up was Justin Trudeau. But no, I don't want the Canadian oh, Prime Minister to oh, play. I, Justin Thoreau. Yeah, Justin Thoreau. I like that. That's good. Yeah. He's actually pretty great, yeah. Namor's got, like, that... Namor's got the, um... He's got very strong eyebrows, too. Like, that's a feature he of does. Namor yeah. that I... Always picture and like one of the first pictures of Justin Thoreau that comes up, just like you know, very strong, prominent eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, I find he looks the part. Um, you and I talked about this before a little bit, so I think I know where you're about to go, because you asked me a question. You asked me a question about Namor in the past when we first started talking about this. Yeah, uh, it's hard to tell, and there's not really a clear answer as to whether or not Namor uh, should be played by an Asian American or not. Um, well, I mean, you look at pictures of him, he could very easily be played by an Asian American. Yeah, so I casted both. I casted an Asian American actor and just a, a white guy because I... I feel like it's on the line of like you know what if if you can, then it would be nice to cast another major role uh, as an Asian American. But and I mean actually, there's no excuse why you can't. It would be nice, but I don't feel like if they cast a white guy, it would be whitewashing. No, because it's not really explicit here. If you say White Russell, I'm going to jump through this computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, not again. I'm done with White Russell for now. Um, so. <laughs> I like Daniel Wu from Into the Badlands. I think he is maybe my number one choice. He looks a lot like Namor. Um, he can do action. He can talk the part. He, he like he he is fantastic. Um, oh, dude! Right, you're looking at him. I'm looking at him right now. And this guy is in one of the best martial arts shows on TV. Into the Badlands, he can do choreography and f- fighting like like it's nobody's business. Um, 
highly, highly recommend checking that show out. And the other option, because I rewatched Stranger Things the other day, and I thought, hey, that could work, is uh, DeCray Montgomery from Stranger Things. And uh, he plays, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Billy, the, uh, the big bully from season two. Nice. I think he's got the charisma to like even if they don't cast him as Namor specifically, I feel like he has the charisma to play a major hero or villain in the Marvel universe. I feel like that guy should get a shot. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, two more pieces of news and these are the ones that are I think the ones you're mo- most excited to talk about. Um Child's Play has casted its Chucky yeah. Yeah, Are you excited? I I am. I seen someone complaining about it last night and I was just like, "You shush your mouth." <laughs> Someone's like, "No, just going to ruin Chucky." I was like, "Who else could possibly replace Brad Dorif as the new voice of Chucky than Mark fucking Hamill?" It's perfect. It's so perfect. It's f- like, it's cockknocker. Like, yeah, exactly. But oh, man, Mark Hamill is one of the best voice actors we have right now. Yeah. Like, his Joker is iconic. Absolutely iconic. So I can only imagine like what kind of job he's gonna do with Chucky like Chucky's like the brand name isn't like good guys doll anymore it's something else mm-hmm. and they've gone with a little bit of a different look so I don't know I, I've got high hopes for this movie yeah um Honestly, this casting made the difference between me not seeing the movie at all and it being high on my list. Yeah. Because, like, Chucky movies aren't something that I really go out of my way to watch. I haven't seen very many of them. Um, I own them all. Yeah, I, I know. And it's not that I have anything against them. It's just they don't really... I never get around to them. Um, the first three are pretty good horror movies and then after that they just kind of get corny yeah like kind of like what happened with freddy krueger how like as the franchise got on he he just got sillier and sillier yeah yeah that's kind of what happened with chucky for like seed of chucky and bride of chucky and curse of chucky and cult of chucky cult of chucky not so much like, Curse and Cult, not so much, but where, like, they were a little bit lower budget than the others, it was, you know, didn't get as much hype and attention as the rest of the movie. Because after Seed of Chucky, like, a lot of people just wrote the franchise off. Yeah. Um, see, those are the ones that I haven't seen. Like, the the campier ones. And, I don't know, I, I just never got around to a lot of those. And... You know, when I saw that this was announced and whatever, I thought, uh, maybe, because uh, Brian Tyree Henry's in it, and I, I try and watch yep. every, everything that he's in. But this casting, 
combined with the fact that I'm going to be in St. John's a couple weeks after this comes out, I'm probably going to go see this in theater now. Yeah. They just sold me on the movie. Because Mark Hamill is a fucking legend. Plus, I mean, Aubrey Plaza's in it, and she's pretty cool. I love Aubrey Plaza. I really do. She's fantastic. She's hilarious. Um, Her 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 part in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is probably my favorite of hers. Um, Pretty sure there's another movie we're about to talk about that Brian Tyree Henry is also in. Oh, yeah. And uh, well, what a perfect segue. Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Mark Hamill. We, we got to talk about everything Joker-related. Um, yep. Because <laughs> there's, a, there's a fair bit of Joker stuff. Um, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess. Um, man... So, let's let's t- let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. Um, when was it? Just a couple days ago, I think. Gotham revealed yeah. their Joker for the end of the series. Yes. Oh man, it is fucking hard to look at. It's it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah, like. There's a lot of comparisons being drawn between the Joker for uh, Gotham, Mm -hmm. who is still played by Cameron Monaghan. Yeah. And um, the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. I I didn't catch it till you said it, but it is uncanny. It's like like the Creeper in white makeup. Yeah, like an albino Creeper. Yeah, like it's, it's hard to look at. Why does the Joker have jowls? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought they had a decent job done with him, like, at first. And then they kind of went for a Death of the Family kind of arc with him, where, okay. like, his face was cut off and he stapled it back on. Oh, okay. Yep. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, Jerome is kind of... They're really digging in that this is their Joker. Yeah. And then I seen those set pictures, and I was just like, fuck off. No, don't do this. Yeah, it's bad. Like, like it's to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Jared Leto wasn't that bad. This is by far the ugliest Joker we've ever gotten. We've we've had Cesar Romero yeah. painting over his mustache. We've had um, one that stands out for me is the the portion of the '89 Batman where Jack Nicholson has like a, a weird tan over his Joker makeup. That was yeah. we- that was weird looking. Well, the thing about that movie was it wasn't makeup for Jack Napier. Yeah, because that was just like. After he fell in the vat of chemicals yeah. at Ace, um, his skin was just bleached. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's just how his face looked. So really, it was people makeup over his Joker face. Yeah. So there's that one. There's the Cesar Romero mustache thing, and there's Jared Leto, which was not good. Who looks like a SoundCloud rapper? Yeah, he does. And all of those are a million times better than this fucking monstrosity. It is awful. <laughs> It's just so bad looking, man. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't matter how good of a job this guy does. 
acting and play, portraying the Joker now because he looks so fucking awful. Well, did you see what their Bane looks like on Gotham? Wasn't that the guy from A Walk to Remember, um, Shane, Shane West? Yes. I I heard that he was casted. I don't think I ever saw a picture or anything. I I'm really out of the loop with Gotham. I'm taking a screenshot right now and sending it to you. Okay. Uh, here you are, and send. That is something. That is a thing. Yep. All all I have to say is puffy coat. <laughs> Why is he so top heavy? He's, he's got little legs and... I guess because they couldn't puff up his pants the same way they puffed up his coat. I don't fucking know. He looks like he's wearing one of those Halloween costumes with like, <laughs> just like the foam in it to make you look like you have fake muscles. Like me if I bought a fucking He-Man Halloween costume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got like the physio the the physiology of uh, Tiny the Tiger from Crash Bandicoot. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like. It looks like those jackets from the 80s where they had those big heavy shoulder pads, <laughs> except it's in all of the arms as well. Yeah. Oh, boy. Like, dude looks like he stole his jacket from Millie Vanilli. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's the quote right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> uh Oh yeah, Gotham. I don't know what you're doing, man. Um, I I wish. I, I think I think that show is trying to pull a Dexter, and it's just like, all right, we're reaching the end of our run. Let's run ourselves into the ground, so no one will be sad when the show is over. How thoughtful. Yeah. Spare us all. Try try not to break our hearts. Yeah. So on the other end of the spectrum, the teaser trailer for the upcoming Joker movie dropped this morning. Yes. You got a chance to watch this thing? I did. I watched it as I was waiting for my dog to come back inside while I was all set up to start recording. This looks good, man. It doesn't look anything like I expected it to, but that's not a bad thing. No. It looks dramatic. Um... I really, really like Joaquin Phoenix here. Um, he looks like 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 the couple times in the in the trailer where he he cackles and laughs. Like it was, it's such a good Joker laugh. There's a apparently there's a lot of people drawing comparisons between this movie and Taxi Driver. Oh yes, yes. Oh, that would be perfect. Which is funny because De Niro is supposed to be in this Joker movie as well. Yeah, I think he is, isn't he? Yeah. I forgot that. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, I I love Taxi Driver. It's a great movie. Um, Travis Bickle. That would be a real good arc, a real good idea here for a Joker movie. Yeah. Like, as much as I still am on the side of Joker's better when you don't know his origin story, because that's kind of what makes Joker so great, uh, this could still be a great movie. Just kind of standing on its own, you know? 
100%. And plus, like, there's no guarantees that this movie isn't gonna end with, like, a did this really happen or was it just bullshit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this could be just one story he tells and then, like, something towards the end of the movie could be, like, was this what happened? Am I full of shit? Is my dog currently digging his claws into where I dropped a barbell on my knee last night? Nobody knows. Like All the big questions, yep. Yep. All the important questions about this upcoming Joker movie. Yep. Seems awfully specific, but you know. Um, well, I mean, I've never seen that happen in Hollywood, so it seems like they should go for something new. They should. Uh yeah, no, I'm totally on board. This trailer looked great. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is generally fantastic. Like when he yeah. when he's in a movie, he gives. He's it just his so all. he's just so method yeah. with his movies. I'm just hoping that this movie doesn't, you know, kill him. Yeah, no, I think I I, think... I, I just hope for the sake of him and everyone else in the world that he's able to find himself again after diving you know so deep into this role cuz you know he went deep into it i think he'll be fine um my reason being that movie he did um uh, what was it i'm not there yeah that one where he literally in his actual life just pretended to have an actual mental breakdown for like a year and filmed it um he came back from that all right i mean i would imagine that well as far as we know he came back all right well there could be a lot of hidden struggles that the public's just not seeing yeah yeah you gotta worry for walking phoenix sometimes but who knows we're also only seeing what's being uh, shown to the public. This could all be just the 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 ideal that he wants portrayed. You know. Yep. We got to worry about him, but at the same time, we are so grateful for the amazing content he delivers. Yes. Okay. And that is the news. We're gonna move. We're gonna hold off on the mailbag for a minute. We're gonna go into. The fan question from the last episode. Yes. And holy shit, did we get a response. Um, I've got I've got like 30, 40 responses here. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, and you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna say this outright here. Um, a couple people on Twitter responded, and they gave honest responses uh, as to their favorite video game of all time. And I had a quick look at their profile... I saw the negative, toxic shit that they were promoting, and I said, no, I'm not giving you a platform. And if if you responded to us on Twitter and your answer is not right out here, that is the reason why. Everyone else I'm, I'm going through. But, you like, I, I don't care. Uh, I know, like... I understand that, you know, that doesn't have an effect exactly on you being supportive of the podcast, but uh, I I don't want to give a platform to something toxic like that. 
We'll talk about this after because I'm not sure who or what type of toxic content you're referring to, but again, don't want to give it a platform on this show, so yeah. I'll get you to fill me in a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, just just some stuff I saw, you know. Um, anyway, we posed the question, what is your favorite video game of all time? And I've been doing a little bit of uh, networking, and I've actually been using the Twitter account for once. And... And so we got a lot of other podcasts who weighed in on this. So awesome! Twitter answers first. We have first from Max Barrel at Max Barrel Pods. Uh, he says Knights of the Old Republic followed by Mass Effect Two. If you notice a trend there, and yeah, I do notice a trend. That's um, Bioware, I believe. Uh, I don't know Bioware games very well. I've played a little bit of Dragon Age. I don't know if you've played any at all. Have you? Nope. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I, I get that. I uh, I understand that uh, Mass Effect Two is supposed to be fantastic, and I've heard Knights of the Old Republic is probably the greatest Star Wars game ever made, as far as I've heard. Um, next, we got from Piecing It Together Podcast at Piecing Pod. Uh, still, still going with a link to the past after all these years. It's just perfect. I think you can agree yep. with that one. Yeah. I very much could. Yep. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, Stranger Damies, which I'm not sure what that means exactly. Uh, at Stranger Damies on Twitter. Couldn't decide between the first or second Donkey Kong Country. These are the types of decisions that separate the men from the boys. Donkey Kong Country 2 has more hidden areas and collectibles, but Donkey Kong Country just broke the mold in my opinion. Either way, there's no wrong choice. See, Donkey Kong Country 2 was also a very strong contender in my mind. Yeah, and see, I think we're split here because Donkey Kong Country is my personal favorite of those, for sure. Yeah. Prob probably in my top 20 games of all time, maybe top 10. Really high up there. Um, the IMDB Journey podcast, uh, at IMDB Journey says, I grew up with the N64, so GoldenEye 64 is a very close second, but the definitive best game of all time is Ocarina of Time. Bold claim. Um, solid choice. Definitely. Yeah, both solid choices. GoldenEye is, is great, too. Um, For multiplayer, though, uh, I actually grew more fond of Perfect Dark. Hmm. I actually have not delved into the world of Perfect Dark. Just, like, some of the maps, and I mean, like, they did have GoldenEye maps, too, yeah. in this game. But, oh, really? um, the fact that you could add uh, CPUs of different difficulties, like, when me and my friends would get bored of shooting each other, what we would do is we would add the max number of max difficulty CPUs and place ourselves on a team against said CPUs and try to see how long we could survive. Nice. Sounds cool. Yeah. So I actually have more fond memories of multiplayer with Perfect Dark than Goldeneye. I feel like um, I missed out on Perfect Dark as a kid, and that's maybe why. Um, yeah. Because like, I, I could probably go back to it now, but I'm not sure if I get the same experience. Well, actually, um, funny enough, going off on a bit of a tangent here now that Perfect Dark's been brought up. Yeah. But um, 
one of my earliest like attempts at having like a gamer tag goes to Perfect Dark because what we would do is you could customize what weapons were available in each slot. Oh. So like you could pick the presets like automatics or this or that. But what we would do is everyone would pick two weapons to be somewhere on the map and we would just randomly pick like which slot they would go into so they wouldn't always just be like you couldn't be like oh well I know the magnum's always going to be in this area hmm. but um fuck like I was junior high at this point I think and oh, yeah. um I always used to have the same head on the same body call myself um I can't remember what it was, but it was something, like, cowboy-related. Okay. Like, something like Bandit or Cowboy or Outlaw or something like that, but... Um, and the two weapons I always picked were the automatic shotgun and the Magnum. Good stuff. And, yeah, that was... Yeah. Like I said, I have some pretty fond memories playing multiplayer Perfect Dark. Nice. That is, uh, honestly, I think that's a game that did not come up in anybody's answer here, surprisingly. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Goldeneye. That game is a fucking classic, but yeah, just, like, with the multiplayer, like, single-player modes, Goldeneye all the way, it's just, yeah. I mean, they were both made by Rare, weren't they? Yes, they were, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Rare just took everything that was successful with Goldeneye and they just added a little bit of shit to it for Perfect Dark. Mm. Like the weapons having like secondary mode, like being able to pistol whip someone or switch a gun from like, you know, semi-automatic to fully automatic or shit like that. Nice. Yeah. So it, to me, was just Goldeneye with a couple of upgrades. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, moving on here with more N64. Uh, the main Damie, which has to be related to the other one, Stranger Damies. Um, on Twitter, at the main Damie. That's spelled D-A-M-I-E, by the way. Uh, they say Super Mario 64. And that is a solid choice as well. I played a lot of Mario 64 growing up. See, I could never get into that game. No? I played the fucking shit out of that. I was so bad at it that, like, I would do, like, the first one or two worlds, and then I would just get really frustrated, and I would just stop. Really? Just because it wasn't anything wrong with the game. It was just my skills. Fair enough. See, I was also not a Mario guy. I was never good at the side-scrolling platformers, so maybe... I don't know. It seems like the 3D games just came to me a little more naturally. See, the side-scrolling platformers was just my wheelhouse. Yeah, see, and that's I think that's the difference there. Um, one Star Bazaar, that's at One Star Bazaar, B-A-Z-A-A-R, on Twitter. They said Halo. You ever play much Halo? Not a lot, no. I, I went back to it. See, I did not play it. Uh, no, that's not true. I played a little bit of Halo 2 back in, like, junior high, high school for the multiplayer. Um at my friend's house because I never really had the Xbox but when I got the Xbox One I got the Master Chief Collection went back and played through a bunch of them and 
they're pretty fun games. I, I really like the lore. I really like the world building in Halo. Um, and it definitely did a lot to push the first-person shooter uh, genre. So yeah, solid choice. Um, hey, down in front podcast on Twitter at hdif underscore podcast. Now they have an interesting answer here. It was Super Mario sixty four for the longest time, but Red Dead Redemption two took the throne last year when it came out. Very recent game. Wow. Yeah, it's bold. That's a that's a good selling point for that game. And I've been yeah. curious for a while now, but like hearing that it's managed to take the throne for Mario 64 like that, uh, I might have to give that a go. For true, yeah. Let's see. Brendan Cassidy on Twitter at uh, Brendan J. Cassidy says, The Legend of Zelda and Myst. I don't know anything about Myst. I, I don't either. I've never played it. I've never seen it played. I, I've heard good things. I've definitely heard the title come up in conversations like this before. And I imagine he's talking about the original Zelda, which you probably have more to say about than I do, because I've never played it. The original Zelda, as yeah. in, like, the first one for yeah. NES? I, I guess so. That's what he says here, unless he's talking about the whole franchise. I've never played the original Zelda. I've watched a few speedruns of it lately, watching people beat it in, like, ten minutes. Mm. But um, I did play the second one, the side-scrolling one, a fair bit. Okay. Which is hard. That game is hard as fuck. I I've heard, yeah. Um, but most of my Zelda experience started with A Link to the Past. Yeah. I don't have much experience with um, Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Like, pretty much. Um, there's still a few Zelda games I haven't played just because I didn't have the right consoles. Like when they were coming out, like. Things like that. Like, I still haven't played Skyward Sword because, like, I actually owned a copy of it, like, towards the end of the life of the Wii. But the controller I had wouldn't work with it because it wasn't, like, I don't know, it needed, like, a different type of controller, oh, like a newer yeah. gen controller. Yeah, the. Uh... And where it was towards the end of the life of the Wii, that controller became fucking impossible to find. Yeah. So I. Like, I have a copy of Skyward Sword for the Wii here in the house, but I've never played it. Damn. Just because I couldn't find the right controller for it. Hmm. Uh, like, I haven't played Minish Cap or Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks. Those are the Zelda games that I haven't played. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I want to play. I just, you know opportunities and availability and such. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get around to them. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Dean Jeffrey on Twitter at Dino underscore J88 says, Metal Gear Solid 4 blew my mind, as did The Last of Us. Oh, The Last of Us is great. Um, but nothing beats Donkey Kong Country 2 for the pure joyful experience, and it has a killer soundtrack, so there's that. It does have a killer soundtrack. It really does. We've talked about that soundtrack before. We have. Yeah. A lot of Donkey Kong Country fans here. I'm noticing. Um, Cinemusts. That's at Cinemusts. Uh, C-I-N-E-M-U-S-T-S. 
They say Red Dead Redemption with Donkey Kong Country and God of War 2 a close second and third. Nice. That's a pretty solid trio right there. Uh, let's see. Thursday Thunderdome. I like that. I like the handle. Uh, at Thursday T Dome on Twitter. Uh, I mean, you have it in the picture. Zelda Ocarina of Time. I've played through that so many times. I'll forever love that game. A lot of Zelda and a lot of Donkey Kong. Yep. A lot of Nintendo in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've noticed um, there's a lot of similarities in the Twitter picks and in the Facebook picks, but not a lot, not as much crossover. Weirdly enough. Hmm. Um, Beer with Buffy podcast, which is a podcast I have to check out based on that title alone. <laughs> um, at Beer with Buffy. They said, Half-Life 1 and 2, Morrowind, Portal 1 and 2, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess, do I have to pick just one? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a real solid list there. Um, love those Valve choices. I love Half-Life and per- Portal. And uh, I believe the Zelda speaks to you a little more. Yeah. Um, I've never played Morrowind. I I have not. Uh, I I haven't played much Elder Scrolls at all. I need to give it another shot. I think. Uh, let me see. Last Twitter one here. We're we're finally through all the Twitter answers. Uh, thirty something podcast at thirty podcast says Civilization Four, which is a dif- a different pick. I've played no Civilization. I have no experience in that realm at all. But I've heard it's addicting. Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple Instagram ones here. Um, Kirk the Riffer. Um, check out his music. Uh, Kirk the Riffer on Instagram. I believe he's under that title on uh, Facebook as well. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, he says Metal Gear Solid, StarCraft, and Forza are my top three. Um, I've played a little bit of Forza. Starcraft seems like it's way up my alley. I just never had the chance because I don't have a, a great gaming PC. Um, and Metal Gear Solid, I don't have the skills to pull that shit off. I really don't. I've tried. <laughs> uh, let's see. Raquel Burton on Instagram says Super Mario Bros. 3. Solid choice. Ooh, yeah. I, think, I think that's the first Mario th- Bros. 3 we've had on, on this one. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's a solid one. I, I'm not a big Mario guy, but that is easily my favorite. Alicia, it's the whole name, profile, and all. I have no idea anything other than her name is Alicia. This is Skyrim. I, I figured we'd get some Skyrim in here at some point. Nice. Uh, Nednarbb is the Instagram handle here, but the name is Brandon Ryan. Yeah. Uh, okay. I- it's someone you know, is it? Okay, uh, he says Tales of Symphonia, and I've heard a lot of good things with the Tales series, but I have not gave it a shot myself. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. Roundelay NL. Are you familiar with the band Roundelay? I, I've heard of. I'm not familiar with uh, their music. They were initially on the go when I first got involved in the music scene here back in the days of like the embarrassments and the yeah. Waterford Project. And- they're they're like uh, in in terms of um, I don't even know how to how to put this in in, in the St. John scene. They're they're kind of legends at this point. Like yeah. they've been around for ages. Um, 
and they said that Halo and Halo 2 were crucial for our development as a band, which is pretty fucking cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that. That's that's uh, cool hearing from those guys. Um, and I can almost hear that, too, because they do have a very sci-fi sound. You can hear that influence, right? Uh, let's see. Move on to the Facebook answers, and then we are done here. Tiffany Fillier says, Destiny and WoW. There is no other game that quite lives up to WoW, but I mean Super Mario Bros. 3 and Ocarina of Time. Of fucking course Tiff would say WoW. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she has a tattoo, like, pretty well on her sternum of a bow from WoW, I'm pretty sure. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Like, she's one of the biggest WoW fans I've met. That's awesome. I uh, I haven't played a yeah. lot of WoW. Uh, I gave it a shot once or twice. It wasn't really my jam at the time. It might be, though. Um, I, I do love pretty much every Blizzard game I've tried so far. Um, Ryan Hunt says, Destiny, the way that game shaped the shared world genre is really cool. So many awesome times with friends. I love all this Destiny love here. Destiny is honestly among my favorite games of all time. And I get that in terms of, like, the online shared experience. I think it it was one of the best online gaming experiences I've ever had, easily. Um, Fuck, I love that game. I'd I'd love to play it again, honestly. Um, Let me see. Now, this this one caught me off guard because this is my cousin, and I had no idea he was into this series at all. Uh, Sean Michael Cormier, who I'm sure you know. Uh, yep. says Dark Souls 3 because why not test patience and timing to the extreme I had no idea Sean was into Dark Souls and that's pretty cool I gotta say um, I've kind of figured Dark Souls would come up at some point it's got quite the following uh, let's see Jeffrey Glenn Burton says Dragon Warrior 3 and 4 are very much a tie I have no experience with Dragon Warrior I'm not really familiar with it I don't know if you have any input on Dragon Warrior. I don't know. I don't know anything about I've it. I've never honestly. played it. No. Um, Chris Lawrence says Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. I can agree with that. It was one of the better RPGs I've ever played. Uh, Joanna Hines says The Legend of Dragoon. Another one of those ones that I've heard of and I've heard mentioned in these conversations, but I don't really know anything about. Um. Cody Bennett says Final Fantasy 7 for me. Kind of figured that first mention of a Final Fantasy. I know that's surprising too. I kind of figured that more of that would come up. I mean, Final Fantasy 7 is supposed to be a, a classic. Uh, Bernard King says I'm a big fan of the Batman Arkham series in hard mode. Nice. Fair enough. Uh, can't pull it off in hard mode, but uh, yeah, I do like those games, and I know you do, and. I know Mitchell does. We're very much all big fans of those games here at Jedi Dropouts Productions. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. And lastly, of course, he would end up with the last say here, Matt Pike, again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Metal Gear Solid on PS1 and the original Splinter Cell on the original Xbox. Uh, I haven't played much of either of these. I believe Mitchell is a Metal Gear fan. Yep. Um, 
both very uh, stealth based and um, I mean huge franchises with huge followings so yeah um, that is a lot more input than we've had in recent episodes and hopefully we can keep that up <laughs> yeah I hope so yeah like that's um, we just gotta keep asking the good questions yeah exactly that's 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 it and uh, I'll keep utilizing the Twitter because apparently that helps. So thanks to everyone for uh, sending in your answers to the fan question. We're going to pose another question at the end of this episode. And on that note, it's time for the Jedi Dropouts mailbag. Everyone's favorite part of this show. Us included. Um... And, of course, uh, Matt Pike ended the last segment and gets to kick this one off. Um, he's got a bunch of questions just sitting in the backlog here. We're going to get through eventually. Um, but I thought this was a good one to get into. Um, speaking of video games, what game or movie uh, pissed you off the most because you wasted money on that shit? So this could be a movie ticket or, you know, a game you pre-ordered or whatever. Something that you bought that you just... I have an answer for the game and the movie. Oh, and the movie. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you got? I'll start off with the game because it's a quicker answer. Yeah. Um, Dynasty Warriors 9. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so salty about how badly they made that game. Mm-hmm. Like, with the voice acting, the cinematics, like, everything was just garbage. Yeah. And so that's the quick answer. I mean, I've touched on that before. You want to hear me rant about how bad that game is? There's past episodes. Um, excuse me. But, um, the movie that I was pissed off that I wasted money on was The Happening. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, for the longest time, like, I went and saw that with a friend of mine in St. John's. Uh, We saw it in theaters, and we were both excited for it, and then we went and saw it, and we were both just so disappointed that I believe both Rochelle and I hung on to our ticket stubs, and I actually kept the ticket stub from that movie in my wallet for like three years after that just to remind me how bad of a movie it was (laughs) and not to buy it when it came out on dvd yeah Yeah, like in case i ever like saw it somewhere and was just like oh huh i can't remember if this movie was any good or not maybe i'll rent it or maybe i'll buy it just no. to see again. No, I kept the ticket stub in my wallet, like literally like in front of my debit card. So anytime I went to use my debit card, I had to look at this ticket stub just so it would remind me never to fucking waste money on that movie again. Yeah. That's that's totally fair. Um I don't know if I have anything for a movie. The the one that comes to mind is how um remember that time we went to see Scary Movie Five? Oh yeah, that was painful. That that's and then Charlotte said in the car as we were leaving that me and you ranting about how bad the movie was was funnier than the movie itself. Yeah, kind of a precursor to the podcast. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, that's that's the best I've got for a movie. But uh, 
I pre-ordered Watch Dogs when that came out, and I returned it uh, within the week because it just wasn't good. It just it, it like it's not even that it was like a bad game. It wasn't like a broken game. It was it wasn't overly shitty. It's just it promised so much. It promised this huge open world with like uh. Levels of detail we've never seen before, and the ability to hack anyone anytime, and it just wasn't. It was just like, it was just this big fucking empty world, and the hacking basically meant you could see like a couple details about the person that you're walking past, which was like, okay, whatever. Now I know that person's name. That's not what I want. Um, I now know that George is forty-two. Yeah, exactly. Right, like pertinent. Yeah, thank you for that. And I don't know, it just it like the way they tried to sell you on this game and all the shit that, that that was announced about it beforehand versus what the actual game was was fucking disappointing. So I returned it and I spent that money on uh, Super Mario 3D World for Wii U. Much better choice. Way better. Way better. Not even a game I particularly like love or care that much about, but it was way more fun than fucking Watch Dogs. Next question is from Nathan Cook, who uh, I didn't know was a big listener of the podcast and uh, got our shirt and and made a big post there last week, which I enjoyed. The fact that he ended his post with something something dropout made my fucking day. Right? It was great, I gotta say. Um, He uh, posed a question that was kind of anime-related. Um, so we answered it on a recent episode of, uh, Final Form, but I figured we could answer it on both, because it's, it's that, you know, it perfectly in the middle, right? Um, so he asked, fuck, Mary kill, Nappa, Android 16, Mr. Popo. Uh, fuck, Mary or kill. Yeah. 16, Popo, and Nappa. Yeah. I'll give my answer first because I've already <laughs> answered it. Uh, I, I I already know who I'm killing. Yeah. I just um yeah. I I said kill Mr. Popo. Yup. Because Mr. Popo is a fucking racist caricature. Um, straight up. He's also terrifying. Well, yeah, that too. But like everything else aside, it's the one point if, of Dragon if Ball. If he wasn't, if he wasn't like blackface, I'd still say he's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but like. All that aside, he's the one point of Dragon Ball Z that I ever feel embarrassed about being a fan of because, like, it is straight up minstrel sh- show shit. Like, um, yeah, I I'm glad he doesn't play a larger role in the show. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Same. Uh, and then from there, I I said Mary Nappa because I've known of Nappa and been familiar with Nappa for the longest. So I mean. You know, I, I feel like I could put up Nappa for more time, and I guess fuck Android 16 just by process of elimination. I think I would marry 16. Okay. Because he seems more selfless. Hmm. Seems like he'd be a better long-term partner. Yeah, probably not wrong. And I'd fuck Nappa because, well... Yeah. That yeah. that's the only option left, but yeah. also 
I, I kind of wish we had more Nappa. Like, I, I kind of wish, like... I know he got brought back in Dragon Ball GT, but I like to pretend that that shit show doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I wish he was actually brought back for a bit in Dragon Ball Z. Because, like, in that Saiyan saga, like, when him and Vegeta first came down, like, and he was just mopping the floor with the Z fighters by himself, well, with a bit of help of the Cybermen. Like, Vegeta's yeah. just stood there watching, but Nappa was kicking ass. And he's a Saiyan, like Vegeta and Goku and Gohan and them, so the more he fights, the stronger he's gonna get. So, like, imagine if Nappa's been, like, in the afterlife, like, in just, like, fighting and training this whole time. Imagine how fucking strong he would be now. Like, he could be on similar levels to Goku and Vegeta. Yeah. I always, like, thought, Na- I always thought Nappa was fun, too. He was fun. And not just in the Dragon Ball Z abridged. Yeah. <laughs> Although that is, like, fucking fantastic, too. That's my favorite episode. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z abridged, my favorite two characters are Nappa excuse me and King Namek and you know what that's like most of what I know from a bridge just because that's what you quoted and showed me the most yeah yep. yeah yeah um one <clears throat> more question here and it comes from my final form co-host Mitchell Clark he wants to know and I think we've answered a similar question sometime in the past but fuck it we'll do it again uh, if you could give any series a fighting game what would it be how I Met Your Mother. <laughs> uh, let me see. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hold on. I've got one. And you full don't house. Even... Yes, Full House. Don't you want to see... Uh, like the Olsen twins could be one character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like they they kind of tag team. Um, yep. Dragon's Den. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you, you don't even need to change the title, right? Dragon's Den is... It sounds like a fighting game. Okay, uh, let, let's look uh, at... A serious take on this? I'm going to need a second to think about. NTV News. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I do have a serious pick here while you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to say Rick and Morty. Um, nice. Because uh, with, with the animation style of Rick and Morty, you could do it in a similar animation style to Dragon Ball Fighters. So it looks like the cartoon, or even in the same animation style as, say, like uh, the South Park games. Like, have it look yeah. like the animation. Um, character selection, if you're familiar with Rick and Morty, I mean, besides the main cast, you've got, like, Scary Terry, the definitely not a Freddy Krueger ripoff, um, Bird Person, Mr. Meeseeks, the, uh, the self aware snowball in his mech suit. Um, the the Adolf Hitler and uh, Abe Lincoln clone hybrid Abe Adolf Linkler like <laughs> there's, there's so many great characters you could bring in the humor of the show um, alternate skins for Morty and Rick like Pickle Rick and Evil Morty um, and the story mode would actually work because the show was all based around like interdimensional travel and alternate timelines and and stuff like that 
I feel like it would really work. I think so. I was just trying to think, like, what have I been watching? And... Um... I don't know if a RuPaul's Drag Race fighting game would really play well. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um... Um... Yeah. And the only other thing I've been watching a lot of lately is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hmm. Although, like, an animated-style Brooklyn Nine-Nine fighting game would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know I mean, what? You know what I want? I want to see... What? All the Michael Shore sitcoms combined into a crossover fighting game. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, nice. The Office, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. There you go. Yeah. And, like, you could have The Office with, like, obviously Dwight Schrute would be a character, but you could unlock the skin and have him as, uh, oh my god, I'm forgetting the name, Recyclops, <laughs> or uh, fucking the uh, the Belschnickel. <laughs> this could be alternate nice. skins. <laughs> But yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine would be fun. I need to catch up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm a little bit behind there. Uh, I've watched the first five seasons. I haven't watched the current one. I fell off it somewhere around season four or five. Just kind of because of other stuff I was watching, I think. Um, So yeah, that's the mailbag for today. I do have one more question I'm going to throw in here. But it's less of a mailbag question and more of just a debate I've seen online that I feel like we should weigh in on. Um, So the debate that I've seen in a few places now is whether or not video games should come with easy modes. Um, Whether or not all video games should come with easy modes, I I should add. Um, You got any thoughts on this? All game, all games, no, no. All games, no. Most games, yes. There are some games like Dark Souls and things like that that I like. Part of the charm of those games is just how fucking difficult they are, and like an easy mode Dark Souls game, like I just don't see that being great. But there's a lot of games where I think easy mode just makes it more accessible to everyone. I recently started, uh, like, I was going through my old PS3 games and I found one of the UFC games. Yeah. And I decided I was going to start replaying it. And when I first started it, like, started from scratch, new save data, like, I wiped my save file um it asked me how I wanted my controls to be like for doing like transitions and submissions and stuff like that if I wanted it to just be like flick the right analog stick up and down just very basic or if I wanted it to be like you know move it in certain patterns to do certain things and me with my shitty motor skills, I 
went with basic. Like, I, I have tried to play those games, like, doing things like, like, flicking the stick and everything like that, like, moving it in patterns to do certain things, and I cannot get it. It's a big part of the reason why the skate games are awful. Like, I fucking hate them. Like, they are completely unplayable for me. And the Tony Hawk games, where it's just, like, left and square to do a certain trick, I find much more enjoyable. So, certain games would not work with, like, an easy mode or, you know, a dumbing down of the controllers, for lack of a better term. But, like, I... Like, there's people out there who, like, might want to play certain games and, you know, might not be able to play it because of a certain difficulty level or control scheme or things like that. And an easier difficulty might just make it more accessible to everyone. Like, someone who might, you know... Have something wrong with their motor skills, or you know, they could have been born with a neurological issue that makes it hard for them to press a lot of buttons in rapid succession, type thing. Yeah, I I agree with you, but I also disagree on the on like the the bit about Dark Souls because I don't see why um why there should be any gatekeeping on that like i don't see why like i get the idea that that's part of the charm but adding a mode so that like you said people who who need the accessibility options can still enjoy it and still actually play it it doesn't change the experience of playing it on the regular difficulty yeah that's fair you know what i think is really stupid on this note when you play a game and beat it and like you play it on normal and beat it and then you unlock easy mode is that a thing yeah i seen that um someone was doing a playthrough of a game recently i was watching and they beat it and it was like congratulations you unlocked easy mode i was like what like why the that doesn't make sense like what's the point in that like if you need easy mode you wouldn't have made it through normal mode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Get that I, I was. I was stupid. floored by that. I was just like, "What the yeah. actual ass?" Yeah, I don't know. I just. I've been seeing a lot of like Dark Souls fans in particular getting their backs up about how. Like. I don't know, just the idea that either you can play the games or you can't, and there shouldn't be an accessibility mode because it's not what this game is. But like, I I don't I don't understand I don't get the idea of saying, like this is not for you. You cannot enjoy this. Yeah. <clears throat> like like you know what? Someone like me, I'm not a, I'm not great at video games. If that's all it were, if that's all it came down to. I'd be like, okay, fucking whatever. You know, the game's too hard for me. But, like you said, people with physical or neurological disorders who literally cannot without some some assistance of some sort, like, no, that's... that's, I I think locking them out of the game is a fucking dick move. Yeah, a lot of it boils down to just 
people wanting to keep something elite. Yeah. Yeah, they, wa- they want to keep it just this little club that they're a part of so that they can say, like, well, only people who are really good at video games can beat this game, and I beat it, so I must be really good. Yeah. And that seems like all it is. It's just a bunch of people trying to keep something part of their little elite club, and they don't want more people to be a part of it. Because that diminishes their own achievements. Yeah, and I think what it is too, like, if you if you were walking around saying like, talking specifically about beating Dark Souls <clears throat> on the hardest difficulty, then it sounds very obvious that you're bragging. Yeah. But where there's no difficulty options, you can walk around talking about the final bosses, and it sounds more casual, even though you are technically trying to showboat. Yeah. Little. You know, I, I don't know. And I, I don't, I don't get the shaming on easy difficulty as it is. Like that was one of the biggest turnoffs for me with the Wolfenstein games. How the, uh, the easy mode has like, like he's wearing like a baby's bonnet and a pacifier and shit. And it's like, Oh fuck off. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've been seeing a lot of negative comments about it lately that I'm just... It's just kind of, like... Just made me a little sick, like... It's kind of like anything, like... It it sucks so bad that... With anything geek or nerd-related, be it movies or comics or video games, like, there's... It just boils down to toxic fandoms again. Yeah. And I guess that's something we should talk about real briefly here. Um, we had a conversation recently, and we have decided to get a little more political with stuff. Yeah. Um, not like we're not a politics podcast no. by any means, but like in the past, we kind of shied away from stuff a little bit, um, didn't really take things head on. Um, but it's at the point where, like, it's almost impossible to talk about geek subjects without the toxicity coming up because it's just everywhere. And I don't know. I just feel like at this point we're better off using our platform to talk about these things and yep. to put a good word out there. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to, you know, intentionally get political, but we're not shying away from things anymore. Essentially. Yeah. Pretty much. You know. Okay. Um, we got one more thing I want to talk about here before we get into the reviews. Let's talk about James Gunn a little bit. Solid dude, but I wish he would give me back that 20 bucks. <laughs> well, he should be able to pay you back uh, after he rakes in the 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 paychecks he's going to be getting from both Marvel and DC. Yep. In the next couple of years, um, we talked a bit in the past about him being fired from Guardians Three from by Disney, um, and then being hired by DC to direct the new Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad movie. And now he's doing both of them. Yep. Um, word is he's going to be directing Suicide Squad first 
and then once that's done, production will continue on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I just watched the first two Guardians last night, and they hold up so well. Both movies made me cry still, like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do, man. They're, they're fucking good movies. I think they're, they're both the most fun and the saddest of all the Marvel movies. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, the question is, what actors do we want to appear in these movies? Uh, well, for Guardians, I want Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista. <laughs> do, do we want Zoe Saldana? Well, that all depends on how things turn out in Endgame. Yeah, I think she's coming back. If Gamora comes back, then I want Zoe Saldana back. Obviously, yeah. But um, I, I think she'll be back. I really do. Mantis. Yep. Get some Groot and Any... some Rocket on the go. But I think we also really want Adam Warlock here, right? Yeah, we 100% do. You've got a good choice for him. I've got a different one now, but I like yours a lot. Who did I say? Oh, you didn't even write it down. Uh, you said Caleb Landry Jones, didn't you? Oh, yeah, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> that was that was me shooting the shit one night, and I was yeah. just like, you know what? I think this would be good. It's a solid pick, though, right? Like, that guy can fucking act. Yeah. He can act. Um, he's mostly known to me for playing, like, these crazy characters, like, in fucking Get Out mm, or yeah. The Last Exorcism, things like that. But in um, Three Billboards, he was a completely different type of character. Yeah, yeah, he was. And I think if the dude bulked up a little bit, he could be great as Adam Warlock and then he could also go off the rails very easily if Adam Warlock was to become the Magus. Yes. Yep. I think yep. he's a solid choice. Um, another possible choice that I have here is Dan Stevens. Um, he stars in the um, the that show Legion. The X-Men okay. show, yeah. Um and he was he was a beast in the Beauty and the Beast remake they did. He's been around a little bit. He um he's a pretty well-rounded actor too. I think he could play both sides there as well with Adam Warlock and the Magus. But I don't I don't like him as much as Caleb Landry Jones though. Yeah, but you are kind of partial to Caleb Landry Jones anyway. Yeah, Get Out being one of my favorite fucking movies. Yeah. Um, another character I really want to see show up in this movie is Nova yeah like we need Richard Ryder in the MCU like we have the Nova Corps yeah and like a lot of people have been calling for this for a while now that they want to see Nova yeah and I, I expected it sooner than now to be honest because it seemed like they were making a, a big push with Nova in uh some of the Marvel cartoons and like action figures and stuff. Yep. I thought that was what they were leading to, but they still haven't. Because um, he was one of the main characters in a recent Spider Man cartoon. Yeah, Spectacular Spider Man, I think. I believe so. The one that had Spider Man, Nova, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and White Tiger, I believe. Yeah, yeah. 
which is a pretty wild. And they lineup. were all like in high school together. Yeah, yeah. It was a wild lineup. Um, do you have anybody in mind for Richard Ryder? Or? No. Uh, I've got a, a bit of an oddball pick here. Um, I like to see Stephen James play him. Uh, he was in If Beale Street Could Talk. And, yeah, I, like, uh, I'm not going out of my way here just to cast, uh, you know, um, visual minorities or anything, but I do think that, I feel like Richard Ryder, Nova, is a bit of a blank slate. Like, he doesn't have, um, he doesn't have, like, this well-known backstory or he's not, like... You know, like a lot of a lot of characters, when people when they're casted as a different race, people get up in arms because you know this classic character that's been changed. And as much as yeah. that is bullshit, Nova doesn't have that. N- Nova is such a blank slate that you could really cast anybody. Yeah. So long as they play the character well in terms of just being a hero. And being a solid actor, I feel like you could get anybody. And I think Stephen James would do a great job. He's a fantastic actor. And uh, has that whole Marvel thing of, like, let's cast a bit of an unknown for this hero and make him a star. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of other choices, and I'm sure they'll do a good job casting him. That's just my two cents there. Um... But on the other side of the fence, we have the Suicide Squad, which is apparently a soft reboot and not a sequel. Yeah, I heard. Although Captain Boomerang is apparently back, played by Jai Courtney somehow. I don't, I don't know how that's working, but we have Idris Elba casted as Deadshot, which is fucking amazing. Yep. I can't wait to see that. I don't know if Margot Robbie's showing up or not, but... The other characters that are going to be casted are Peacemaker, Ratcatcher, a, a female Ratcatcher, King Shark, and Polka Dot Man. I had to read up on a lot of these because King Shark was the only one I really knew. Same. Um, you have any uh any picks for any of these or anything? I have nothing. Nothing. Okay, I've got a, I've got a few ideas here. I think we chatted about them. So I'm just going to throw them out into the ether and and see. Um, Peacemaker, I honestly think, is going to be Dave Bautista. Because the word is that Dave Bautista wants to be in this movie and that James Gunn wrote the part for Dave Bautista. That is the word. So that's not even so much my thoughts as I just think that's what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ratcatcher, I really like Haley Steinfeld from Bumblebee and True Grit and everything else. I think she's fantastic. Um, King Shark. King Shark is an interesting one. And I think King Shark is the chance for Toby Kebbell to get uh, another chance in a superhero movie. Yep. I mean, the guy can do motion capture like it's nobody's business. And... He played Kong. I think he can pull off King Shark. Right? Like, I, I think it would, would be real fucking good. 
And the last one I got here is Polka Dot Man. And I like Steven Yun for that because it just seemed like based on the, the character bio that they, uh, Steven Yun uh, being Glenn from The Walking Dead, of course. Yeah. Uh, based on the character bio they released, I think Steven Yun could pull it off pretty well. He's a talented actor. So, yeah, that's those are my thoughts there. I'm I know a lot of people are, are like debating which movie they want to see more. I'm like, fuck it, I want to see both of them, quite a bit, you know. Yeah, I I don't really have any uh, casting choices in mind for the Suicide Squad movie. I just want it to be better than the other one. So you want it to be good at all? Yeah. Yeah. I got I got high hopes here. Like they're they're ignoring the first one. They're bringing in Idris Elba. James Gunn is making it. Apparently they're bringing back Jai Courtney, which I think I think Jai Courtney was one of the better parts of that first one. Yep. I liked him as Captain Boomerang. Obviously Margot Robbie was my favorite part of the movie. She was perfect. Um and yeah, I'm I I'm I got high hopes here. Especially with DC's recent track record. Yeah. And then on that note, we can move right into the reviews here. We're getting to that point of time in the year in in 2019 in particular where all of the best movies and TV shows are starting to come out. Yeah. Like, when I size up the calendar, this was the point of the year I'm really excited about. Um, I've got a, a bunch of TV shows that I've watched that I'm going to talk about briefly. And I haven't seen any of these yet, but Us, Shazam, and Pet Cemetery are all getting fucking rave reviews. Yeah, we're getting Shazam here uh, this weekend, so I'm going to go see that. As of right now, I'm pretty sure Shazam is the highest rated DC movie. I've heard it's cleaning up, but of course this is... I don't know, I have something to say about what's going on with this. Shazam also goes by Captain Marvel in the DC comics. Yeah. So there's a lot of people saying that he's the real Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. And I'm seeing a lot of, like, a lot of shit with that. Hmm. Where, like, the two movies came out so close to each other, and, like, a lot of people, for stupid fucking reason, took issue with Brie Larson's comments. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Which we're going to get into. Now people are being like, yeah, this is the real Captain Marvel. This is the good Captain Marvel. This is... And it's just like... Like, if the movie's good, it's good. Yeah. It's fucking like... Some of the shit I've seen, like... I've seen people criticizing Captain Marvel, like the Brie Larson one. Yeah. Being like, oh, she, she doesn't even fucking smile in the fucking uh, trailer... And she shows up in the Infinity War trailer and, like, she doesn't smile. She looks so fucking serious all the time. It's like, 
Okay, well, how often did Wolverine smile when he was being played by Hugh Jackman? Yep. And everyone ate his shit up. Yep. And it's just like, fuck off. I fucking hate that smile shit. I fucking hate it. Like, there's a ton of characters who are serious and don't smile all the time. Like, that's just looking for excuses to fucking, like, that's just nitpicky bullshit to be like, oh, you're fucking, you're garbage. Yeah. It's just like, grow the fuck up. Okay. Let's put a pin in that. Let's save that for the neither. Cat- neither of us have seen Shazam yet, so no, no. All we can say is that it sounds like it's doing good in the box office. Hopefully, it's doing good because it's actually a good movie and not just because people are being like, "Oh, fuck, Captain Marvel." Oh no, I'm I'm not even talking about the box office. The reviews are coming in real hot for this movie. Yeah, like I've heard I've heard that too. Yeah, I just hope it's not. You know, like yeah. people spamming oh, yeah. with positive reviews, well, kind of like they spammed with negative for. They the they other can't one. do that because Rotten Tomatoes fix their shit. Good. Yeah. Um, but basically, what the point I was getting at was Us, Shazam, and Pet Cemetery, all three movies I was very excited to see. Us is apparently on par with Get Out. Shazam is apparently maybe the best of the DC Universe movies so far, and. Pet Cemetery, I've heard, might be the best Stephen King adaptation yet. Nice. So, well, I'm going to be in St. John's in uh, nine days, and so I'm going to go see Shazam this weekend before I go, and when I go to St. John's, I'm planning on seeing us and whatever else, like, I have, like, two friends I'm planning on hanging out with, and then other than that, I'm just going to be going to see movie after movie after movie after movie. Nice. I can't wait to see us. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited for it. Um, so i got a couple reviews. Uh, one movie and a couple TV shows. Um, <laughs> I don't usually do the negative reviews here. I don't... I usually just leave it, but... I watched... The Dirt. Yeah, I I have zero interest in watching it. We sat down and watched the this Netflix Motley Crue movie, and like, okay, I'm not. It's not the worst movie. It's not terrible because the actual performances, the actual filmmaking, not bad. It's you know, if if you don't think about it too much, it's a halfway enjoyable movie. But halfway, halfway, <laughs> like like it's supposed to be about this band and the the musical parts they didn't put any work into at all. Like especially just months after Bohemian Rhapsody, which had some of the greatest live musical scenes I've ever seen. Like no work into it at all. Just any biopic about a band yeah. should have decent music scenes in it. Yeah. And they, it, it really didn't. There was no real effort. Put, it, it didn't focus on the music at all. It was all about... No, it focused... The drugs and the women. Exactly, exactly. And there is a good movie to be made about this story. It's one that teaches a lesson. One that says, you know what? We did some fucked up shit, 
and it was awful, and we shouldn't have done it. But this movie doesn't do that at all. This movie, at the end of it, is like, man, what a wild ride. It's like, no, you killed people. People are dead now because of your fucking shit. Um, man, movie rubbed me the wrong way. Um, the fact that they try to make Vince Neil a sympathetic character, and I'm like, no, you can sell me on a lot of shit. Game of Thrones can sell me on fucking ice zombies and dragons. You can't sell me on Vince Neil being a fucking sympathetic person. Because fuck Vince Neil so much. Um, so, on the good pizza scale, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it four slices, which is which is generous. Four out of a, an eight, a solid eight, um, and it gets that entirely on the backs of the actors who did a great job. Uh, the guy playing Vince Neil was in The Punisher first season. Yep. He's a good actor. They did a good job. They they were convincing. Sure. Um, but it, it loses literally like half a fucking pizza based on its just, its moral shittiness. Yeah. Uh, can't really recommend it. Can't, I can't do it. Um, but... Yep, I just wanted to talk about that briefly. Uh, here's a question for you, though. Side note, side tangent. Yep. If you could have a movie made, a properly well-done movie, about any band or music artist, who would it be? A movie made about any band or artist? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why they haven't done one about Kurt Cobain yet. Like a good one, a big budget yeah. one. I don't. I don't either. It's weird, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. I'd like it to be about someone who you know did some good for the world, but also had an interesting story. Hmm. What about um, what about Bob Geldof, the the Live Aid guy? Yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, I've got two here. They're not people who really did good for the world, but. They're not Motley Crue either, so... <laughs> um, if we're going on a biopic based on the quality of the music, I think a movie about The Who would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a story to tell there. There's some death, there's some drama, there's some good music. Highs and lows. Uh, you know, I think there's a good movie to be made about The Who. But if we're going based on entirely the story... I think a movie based on the band Mayhem and the whole Norwegian black metal scene would be fucking insane. Yeah. Like, yep. that would be nuts. Those guys are, like, you want to hear a fucking wild ride. Motley Crue doesn't have shit on Mayhem. Nope. No. Yep. Um. Anyway, that's all I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did they touch on the um, car crash in the oh, dirt? Yeah, they showed the car crash. They showed the aftermath. But Did they touch on how he only did 15 days in jail? Yep, they did. 
but 15 fucking days. Yeah. He just had to pay a bunch of money and do 200 hours community service. Yeah. And that was a part of the movie that really pissed me off because, number one, they showed it more as, like, them fucking around while driving and it was an accident. When in reality, Vince Neil was driving like a fucking maniac. Yeah, he was driving drunk and... Like, yeah, they showed the drunkenness, but they didn't show the speed at all. Yeah. Secondly, they acknowledged that he went sober after he got out of jail. And never brought it up again, but, like, they made it seem like, oh, yeah, this changed Vince Neil's ways. Like, no, the dude's still getting fucking DUIs. 2007. Yeah, he didn't 2010. Fucking... Yeah. He didn't learn at all. I don't know. That was really the part of the movie that really fucking pissed me off. Like, as m- up until um, 2010, I can still see uh, drunk driving charges. Yeah. I don't think they handled that well at all. So, in 2010... Vince Neil uh, was driving drunk and smashed a fan's camera. Good. And uh, was released on a $2,000 bond, sentenced to 15 days in jail and 15 days community service. Which is about the same as what he got for causing brain injuries and killing someone in the 80s. Yep. Yep. Good. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. No, no sympathy for... Like, I don't like a movie trying to paint him as a sympathetic character. No. Um, in better news, I watched some real, real good TV lately. Uh, Netflix released a TV show. Uh, it's an anthology uh, animation series called Love, Death, and Robots. It comes from the director of the first Deadpool film, Tim Miller, teaming up with David Fincher, the guy behind fucking uh, Fight Club and Seven and all these other great films. So the two of them got together and made this basically the spiritual successor to Heavy Metal. And it's like, it's just like a ton of sci-fi and violence and nudity in this animation anthology. And, like, I was... I like, all those things. Yeah. I was iffy on, like... I was like, oh, I hope they don't combine the violence and sex too much. Because I find that's a little, like, eh, you know. But they they do a good job. They handle this really well. And it is way more on the sci-fi side of things than the other two. Um, it's it's great. And it's real short. It, you can binge it in a couple hours. Um, all the episodes are between, like, 10 and 20 minutes. And um, I think it's like 18 episodes. Each one is done by an entirely different animation studio. So every animation style is totally different. Um, it's just it's really fun. Really, really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, I would give this a solid six and a crust. Um, and I hope they do more seasons of this because... Some of these animation studios, like, like they're not big studios, but the animation they pull off is insane. Some of it, some of it looks like it's live action. It's so good. Um, it's fucking awesome. 
And two TV shows I was super, super hyped about uh, premiered. I don't have full scores because I've only seen one episode of each. Uh, FX, What We Do in the Shadows. I watched the the, the pilot of that. It was so fucking funny, man. It's totally uh, on par with the movie. Um, they made a couple changes. It's not the same uh, group of vampires, but it is a very similar idea. Like the documentary crew following these modern day vampires and same off kilter New Zealand style of like sense of humor. So funny. Uh, I think actually episode two premieres tonight, so I'll be watching that. Uh, the other show that I checked out last night is the new Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Um, I watched one of the two episodes that is up right now, and it's a remake of the classic Twilight Zone episode. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, something at 30,000 feet. I forget the name of it now. But it's the classic one with, you know, the uh, the airplane, the guy on the wing and that whole thing, right? Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a play on that. It's it's not exactly the same setup, but it is about a, a paranoid guy on a plane, uh, played by Adam Scott of all people. Ooh, and, wow. Yeah, and and it, it was really good. Like, I fucking loved it. It has, it feels modern. It feels fresh, but at the same time, it feels perfectly in line with the Twilight Zone. And it's got Jordan Peele all over it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to watch the other episode tonight. And I'm not sure how many they have coming in the whole season, but I'm really excited to watch more of that. And once those seasons are over, I'll actually score the whole thing. Nice. And I believe you've got a couple things to review here as well. Um, I've got, well, I've got two things. Um, <clears throat> I will say with Santa Clarita Diet, uh, it didn't have 100% of my attention at all times because I was trying to get it finished in time to talk about it today. Okay. And I was working and things like that, so certain parts of it I had on while I was eating, while I was doing dishes, uh, on my break at work. Yep. So, it didn't get 100% of my attention at all times, but I still very, very, very much enjoyed this. Um, a few new characters introduced this season. Cool. Um, one of them is an actor that, as soon as I seen him, I was like, yes! Um, Ethan Supley oh, is nice. on the show. I, I love Ethan Supley. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, I thought he was a great addition to the show. Uh, there were a few moments where Sheila kind of got on my nerves. There were a few moments where Joel kind of got on my nerves. Um, being the two main characters played by Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant, respectively. Yeah. And But the rest of the cast, like... Um, I thought Gary this season was pretty great. Played by Nathan Fillion. Okay. Yep. Um, I can't remember the actors, but 
the ones who play Abby and Eric. Okay, yeah. The daughter and the next door neighbor kid. I thought they were great this season. The plot of this season I really liked. There was a few new villains in there. It didn't dive too too much into them. Okay. Because I mean it it's ten episodes with you know, thirty minutes piece. And, you know, they're trying to focus on the like what Joel's doing and what Sheila's doing, what Abby's doing, what Eric's doing and like, you know, there there were a lot of balls in the air. Yeah. And so like at some points in the show, they're trying to deal with five problems at the same time. Yeah. But that's that's part of what the show is. Like they're dealing with five different things at once. Like when they think like Oh shit! I'm dealing with so much right now. I'm fucking overwhelmed. Oh, here's another thing to add on top of it. Yeah, yeah. And you know that that's part of it, but that part of it kind of, you know, it stretches the plot a little thin. Like it doesn't give you a lot of time to delve into certain characters too too much. Yeah. But at the same time, I very much enjoyed season three of Santa Clarita Diet. Um, it was one of the things I was most excited for this year, and I would 100% recommend it. Uh, when I was watching it on break at work, I was watching it on my phone, and I watched a couple episodes each night as I was working two overnight shifts uh, Sunday and Monday, and while I was on break watching it, my coworker could hear me laughing from across the way. And both nights, the two different girls I was working with looked at me and was like, "What are you watching?" Like they sounded intrigued by how much I sounded like I was enjoying this. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, if you haven't seen the first two seasons you really should watch those first before you watch season three. Uh, everything will make a lot more sense because like season three picks up like the next day after season two. Like it's all just yeah. like one story. Like I, I still haven't got around to season two. I think I'm going to have just binge both seasons now back to back. You should, and it won't take long, because, no. like I said, like, each season's only ten episodes, half hour long each, like, a couple hours, and you got a season banged out. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely think you should check it out. Um, on the good pizza scale, I'd probably give it... I don't know, I'm torn between... Six and a crust, or seven slices. Oh, so high. Yeah, I I would I would go high with yeah. it. Um, it's it's not something that's gonna hook you as much as something with like a really intense plot or anything like that. But if you're looking for something, you could just like throw on quickly for some good laughs, like little bit of what the fuck holy shit moments like you know it, it's a good bit of fun yeah for sure yeah <sighs> and 
Then we move on yeah. to the big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like I have a fair bit to say, and I still haven't seen it. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me my opinion on this movie because where it's been getting so much attention in the media because of different things, and I've been a little bit outspoken on the internet about some of the things that are going on with it. So people have been asking me, like, how it pairs up to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And I've been pretty honest with them with how I'd stack it. Okay. I I haven't actually gone back through all the movies to, like, decide 100% where I'd rate it amongst all the others. Yeah. But I have a decent idea. Like I can I can guesstimate where I would place it, but like I'd have to actually like watch it a second time and go back and figure out where in the ratings like where in the rankings I would place it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I mean it was the twenty first movie that was released as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. And for me personally, I would rate it like somewhere between 10 and 15. Okay. But that being said, like the first few people I said that to kind of looked at me like, really? Like, the expression on their face was like, oh, so it's not a good movie. And I, I would just, like, kind of pause them for a second and be like, no, no, hold on. I'm rating it, like, 10 to 15 in a cinematic universe of 21 movies Yep. that has movies like fucking Black Panther and Infinity War in it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's, it's still beating out a lot of movies that I enjoy yeah like because i like me personally i can't say that there's a movie that i hate in the mcu no um like some of the movies that it is being ranked better than i've watched more than 10 times yeah now mind you it does need a second viewing for me to you know accurately say where I'd put it. Yeah, rewatches can really add or take away from a movie, right? Because, honestly, like, I had Black Panther rated probably lower than I would today because uh, they took a lot of the Marvel, like, a lot of the MCU movies off of Netflix. And so, when I was looking for something to watch uh, the other day while I was eating supper and everything like that I was like I just punched in Marvel and my options were the two Guardians movies uh, Iron Man 2 Winter Soldier Black Panther yeah, and Infinity War and I just finished Infinity War the night before for like the hundredth time so I threw on Black Panther again and I liked it more than I remembered liking it did I like it the first couple times I watched it yes but this time I watched it for some for whatever reason, I just it just struck me better than it struck me before. Yeah. 
Sometimes rewatches do that. Sometimes they make you like a movie more. Sometimes they make you like a movie less. Yeah. I, I had the exact same experience with Black Panther. <laughs> and I've talked about it recently. But, like, Black yeah. Panther originally was probably around where you said with Captain Marvel between 10 and 15. And may, maybe closer to being in the top 10. But now it's yeah. it's top three for me. It's, it's, it's yeah. you know, top tier. Like, it's not as high as Infinity War or Spider-Man Homecoming or Winter Soldier or the two Guardians movies. But, like, it's, like, or Thor Ragnarok. Fuck, that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, quick tangent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Thor Ragnarok and Endgame and everything like that, apparently the official Lego set for Endgame yep. has a Korg figure. Really? Yeah, yeah Korg. <laughs> apparently. I, I don't have this confirmed yet, but apparently, like, the Lego set for Infinity or for Endgame had like it has most of the characters in their little spacesuit things, yeah. like from the neck down. And there's a Korg, which a lot of people are saying like this is proof that Korg is still alive and very well may end up in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so I've, mentioning Thor Ragnarok, I had to bring that up. I, I've interjected on so uh, so many people on social media since uh, Infinity War came out because the amount of people I've seen online who were like, so obviously Korg and Valkyrie are dead, right? And it didn't show them. Not just that, but the directors actually said in an interview, no, there was a, sh- a ship that uh, uh, there was a, like an escape pod. Not they're not all dead. Yeah. And, I mean, now Valkyrie's got her own character poster for Endgame. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, that's a that's the thing. When people would bring that up... Yeah. Two characters that had as big of parts in Ragnarok as Valkyrie and Korg. Especially Korg. Like, not taking anything away from Valkyrie, but Korg was very much a fan favorite. Yeah. So, if Korg was there and Korg was dead, there would have been something alluding to that. Like, it would have shown a pile of rubble or his body or something like that. Yeah, they wouldn't do that off screen. No. Like, even if they did do it off screen, there would be mention of it. Exactly. Nobody, no mention. I always assumed that those two characters were alive. Meek, Meek did. Yeah. Like, no, no. Meek, Meek could very well be alive as well. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway, Captain Marvel. Set in the nineties, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Yep. There were a lot of things where I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, like, there was a lot of nostalgia moments for me. Okay. Um, there was something I was kind of hyped for 
with um, this movie that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. Okay. I'm going to rephrase that. It turned out differently than I expected. Okay. Because saying that it turned out differently than I wanted it to makes it sound like I was disappointed by it. Yeah. I wasn't disappointed by it. I wasn't upset by it. I was just kind of like, oh, that's the direction they're going with that. Okay. But then afterwards, when I thought about it, it kind of made a bit of sense to me. Yeah. When I thought back on it. And I'm not going to say what it is because it's a bit of a spoiler. Okay. Okay. And after you see the movie, maybe we'll discuss it on the podcast. And once, you know, enough time has passed that it's like, all right, if you haven't seen it, it's on you. Here's a spoiler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put a pin in this one and I'll elaborate a bit more in the future. But, uh,. This movie had, I kind of want to say, a Korg-like character that kind of became a bit of a fan favorite. Is it the cat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Goose? Yep. Which is an awesome Top Gun reference. Yep. Um, See, I I didn't even get that that was a Top Gun reference at first, even though, you know, fighter pilots and shit like that. Yeah. But here we are. I just thought it was a cool name for a cat. Yeah. I caught it because um, Goose is one of my go-to, like, nicknames that I would refer... I, I refer to animals and small children as Goose often. Nice. Based on... I think I think it, it came from Bob's Burgers referencing Top Gun. It's like a weird chain of events. But yeah, like... I'll constantly be like like calling well Bana and our last dog Holly as well as even like nephews yeah our nephews Goose is just an easy go to for a, like a, a little sidekick <laughs> yeah uh, I did cry a few times oh yeah yep okay um the Stan Lee cameo uh, was a big one yeah there you go um also the opening like Marvel logo crawl. Yep. Was another one. Okay. Cuz they they didn't do it the same as they have been doing it. Okay. With like just like a collage of all the different characters from the MCU, yep. like Hulk and Thor and all them. It was a collage of all the different cameos Stan has done. Oh wow! Oh yeah! Oh shit! And that—that that was how they opened the fucking movie, and I was just like, <sighs> but um, I went with uh, my fiance, and I kind of expected it to have a similar playout as when I took her to see Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because she's not big into comic books or these characters or anything like that. She goes to these movies a lot of the time because she's she's just going because she supports me. She knows I'm excited to see them. 
she knows like yeah there's there's a chance i could enjoy this movie she goes in pretty much as a blank slate just going because she knows i'm going to be happy at this movie and she wants to support me which you know she's wonderful for yeah um she might have enjoyed like she loves korg from thor ragnarok like for a while after that she was trying to get me to do impressions of korg on a daily basis (laughs) but when we went to wonder woman i enjoyed wonder woman she enjoyed it more of course the next day she bought a wonder woman t-shirt yeah like great and then like her birthday was right around the corner so i bought her like a wonder woman like travel mug and you know she she really enjoyed that movie yeah so i was kind of wondering if it was going to have a similar thing with this movie and it kind of did okay great like we were driving home and like emily was like who knows only the background of the character that was given in the movie she was saying like she was tossing out her own little theories for the future of the character and things like that and we were driving home and my fiance who knows very little about comics and you know doesn't usually engage with these kind of chats with me like usually like you're the person I talk to about these kinds of things and the entire drive home from the theater and like we took the long way home me and Emily were talking and she was like I'd really like to see them do this with the character I think that would be a good idea I think this thing would be good for the character like if this character gets another movie I'd like to see this nice and you know that kind of touches back on the kind of things that Brie Larson was saying that got her in hot water like when she said like people taking it way out of context when she said like this movie isn't for you yeah like she wasn't saying I don't care if you go see this movie I don't want you to go see this movie like that's kind of how people were treating it like she said like white dudes aren't allowed to go see it like no it's like the movie was made to inspire more females yeah because they haven't had the same representation they haven't Um, and so I took my female fiance to see this movie and on the drive home she had more to say about it than I did which was very different for when we go see superhero movies yeah of course like it was kind of the same as when she saw Black Panther, actually, because she was talking about, you know, I know I'm going to butcher the fucking name of him because I always do. I'm so bad at this. Like the Dora Milaje? Uh, Dora, Dora, I don't know. Either way, the elite female fighting force of yeah. Wakanda that protects the fucking king. Led by o- Okoye. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She had a lot to say about them, too. Yeah. And, like, you know that's a testament to what they were trying to do with these characters is they were trying to inspire more females yeah like and my female fiance saw this movie and she was inspired and she was talking about it a lot like she was very vocal about it 
and I like I you know chatted with her about this and responded to her opinions and I offered my own input but like I was just sat there and I was like I was tempted to even tweet at Brie Larson and be like yo like my fiance who's not normally into these movies like fucking like she hasn't stopped talking about it like she thought it was great like she has been talking about this movie all night but you know yeah. A, they get so many tweets thrown at them anyway. Like it probably would have just been like a drop in the sea. Yeah. And B, like a dude commenting on a female's take on a movie. Like it just, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, who cares what I have to tweet about that? But the fact that you know I felt like sh- they hit the mark with that. Um, Plus, you know, all the pictures of little girls looking up to Brie Larson and shit. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's true. Um, us, as white men, when we talk about superhero movies and seeing ourselves on screen, I mean, yeah, we can talk about everything today within, like, every Marvel movie and and the Fox and the DC and stuff and all this. Mm-hmm. But we can go back to the 2000s era. With all those movies, the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies and the Fantastic Four. Or we can go back further. We can talk about old Batman movies. There's like a whole history. There's, there are eras of seeing us on screen. And it's just now that women and minorities are getting their due and are also getting to experience that. Well, it's not only that. It's the range of characters that we have to look to. Exactly. Because... Yes. Like, you have your smart guys, and you have your strong guys, and you have your big guys, and you have your small guys, and we have Professor X, who's a differently abled person. Yeah. It's true. Even looking at Infinity War, uh, the one scene that you really get a good look at Rhodey, which is when he's uh, talking to uh, William Hurt's character, uh, General Ross. Yeah. Um, the one time you really see Rhodey from the waist down when he's not in the war machine suit, you can see he's still wearing that brace that goes from his um, mid-spine down his legs, which is helping him walk. So technically, Rhodey is a differently abled person now as well because without that and the war machine armor, Rhodey probably wouldn't be able to walk. Yeah. So... I want to go back to what you're saying about Brie Larson's comments that have sparked mm-hmm. a lot of outrage. I feel like a lot of people are taking just like paraphrasing quotes and and that's basing their whole argument. I feel yeah. like a lot of people aren't going back hearing what she had to say or reading what she had to say. So, Or just like watching the full unedited video of her saying what she said. Exactly. So I wrote down word for word what she said, and I'm going to quote it here uh, without paraphrasing at all. I'm just going to take that specific quote and, and go through it a little bit here. Because I feel like a lot of people aren't sure what they feel because they don't know the details. So what she was really talking about was... Uh, 
representation in film critics. That was the the issue she was getting at. Uh, they did a recent study, and of major uh, reviews on major films within the last. I think it was. I think this was a study done for 2018. Seventy-seven point eight percent of critics are male, versus twenty-two point two percent female, and eighty-two percent white versus eighteen percent non-white. So, roughly eighty percent of critics are white men, is what that comes down to. Essentially, um, if my math is correct, there. Uh, so what she says is. I don't want to hear what a white man has to say about a wrinkle in time. I want to hear what a woman of color, a biracial woman, has to say about the film. I want to hear what teenagers think about the film. If you make a movie that is a love letter to women of color, there's a chance that a woman of color does not have access to review and critique your film. Uh, she said then she reveals plans to roll out an opt-in program that will provide studios and access with, with access to underrepresented journalists and critics. Uh, she says, "Do not say the talent is not there because it is." That's all she's getting yeah. at. She's she's preaching. Uh, <clears throat> well, in the video, she said three times, like she felt she had to reiterate and emphasize this. She's saying, "I don't hate white dudes." Exactly. She actually said that three yeah. times. The point I, is, I counted the number of times she said it. And she actually said when she was talking about uh, having more critics of color, like more female critics, like, you know, more representation like that. She actually said that, and this is a big part of what people are ignoring, I find, Yeah, is she said, I'm not trying to, like, take their seats from the table and replace them with these people. I'm trying to just add more seats to the table exactly like she's not saying get rid of three white dudes jobs and replace one with this type of person one with this type of person one with that type of person that's not what she's saying at all she's saying those dudes can keep their jobs leave them as they are they're they're doing their job just add more jobs with these people yeah Exactly. Not replacing people with other people, just adding more seats to the table. She actually said that. Add yeah. more seats to the table. Yeah. Like, okay. And that's that's all it is. But people just, they hear what they want to hear. They read what they want to read that allows them to be outraged. Yeah. Like, myself, as a white man, I loved Crazy Rich Asians. I loved Black Panther. I love the TV show Atlanta, and I give rave yep. reviews for all of them. But my review is not the be-all, end-all, and it, I don't think it's quite as valid as someone who has actually lived that experience. Yeah. Like, to, to dumb it down beyond uh, diversity and, and race or gender, like, okay, James, you're a big Legend of Zelda Mega Man fan. Yes. If there were to be an adaptation of either of those on film, would you want mm-hmm. my review of someone who's never really played either of those games, or would you want the review of someone who is a hardcore fan? Com- like, someone like you or, say, Mitchell, who yeah. is much bigger into both those franchises, 
I'd probably go more with Mitchell's review. Because he, he has... Even though Mitch... He has a basis of knowledge. Yeah. And experience with this. Like, Mitchell and I, as kids, like, we were, like, 10 years old playing those games. Exactly. Together. Exactly. Like, you know? Like, it, it's a real dumbed-down version of it, and it's not equated... Like, like no, playing a video game when you're growing up does not equal living the life of an African-American or, or the struggles that a woman go through. I'm not saying that, but no. I'm trying to dumb it down for anyone who doesn't quite get it in that, like, there are people who have a little bit more of a, a valid opinion on these experiences. And... Yeah. Like, yeah, I... I, I we're reviewing Captain Marvel. I'm going to have thoughts on Captain Marvel after I see it. I don't think either one of us think that our opinions on the movie stand up quite as much to a, a woman who can see herself on screen and can relate more so. Yeah, like, if I walked up to Brie Larson and I just said to her, like, hey, I really enjoyed your movie, good job. Yeah. Like, she's not going to look at me and be like, fuck you, you're an asshole, like, that type thing. No, she'll probably look at me and be like, oh, thanks, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, And, exactly. you know, she, she may be grateful for my compliments on, you know, the job she did. Yeah. But what will mean more to her is if some 12-year-old, like, if my 12-year-old sister saw her and, like, my 12-year-old sister ran up to her dressed up as Captain Marvel and was, you know, or even if my mid-20s female fiance walked up to her and started talking about you know how inspired she was by the character yeah like she's she's not you know gonna hate any feedback from men and everything like that but she's gonna be you know I'm just at a loss for words yeah. with this cause I'm just like I'm almost burnt out from dealing with people being morons about this yeah. shit. I, I've got two more points I want to make on this movie. Um, without having seen it, of course. Um, first one being that the, the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing that a lot of people got their backs up about where Rotten Tomatoes changed their scoring system and a lot of people were calling it censorship or, or whatever the fuck they were getting at about how rotten tomatoes it's not censorship because it's not a genuine like if you were saying like they were censoring things and that people weren't being allowed to express their opinion yeah. it's not censorship of a valid opinion if you're trolling and spamming to the point where captain marvel had thousands more reviews in the first 48 hours it was released then Infinity War, which was one of the most talked about movies of the whole fucking year, got in his got in its entire cinematic run. Yeah, exactly. Like like that was very evident that people were going well out of their way to try and run this movie down. And some of this was happening before people had even seen the movie. Exactly, before it was so released. The, like that's not an informed opinion that's just like it's not censorship of an opinion no it's it's at all 
fixing a system that someone found a loophole in. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. stopping an attack, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like, if if these people had seen the movie, and that many people really did feel this way about the movie, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, anyone who did see the movie and genuinely did not like the movie for whatever reason, their reasons are their own, and are able to, you know, separate, you know, their personal politics from the film, then, you know, if they didn't like the movie, then I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. You didn't like the movie. Yeah. But trolls getting on with shit like that, like, fuck off. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is there's this whole fucking entitlement in fandom that drives me nuts. And one of the biggest things that I see, there's a, this big thing where a, a, a big portion of fandoms think that movies, TV shows, any of this stuff is is made specifically for the fans first that that the the geeks yeah. are the target audience when something like Captain Marvel, something like Black Panther, it's bigger than that. Yeah, there is a a different target here. There is this movie was being made for someone else. You're not always the center well, of I mean, attention. Again, that kind of that kind of circles back to the whole Dark Souls argument we had earlier. Yeah. With people being like, no, these games are just for me. I don't want an easy mode because, you know, other people, you know, if they're not as good as I am, they shouldn't be allowed to enjoy this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the same It's the same thing. The idea of, of gatekeeping on this shit. Like, um, the yeah. idea that... No, if you can't play it on hard, then you can't play it at all. It's the same as either relate to this white male superhero or fuck off. Which yeah, is bullshit. It's it's absolute utter bullshit. If you don't know exactly as many songs by this band as I do, you're not allowed to come to their concert. Yes. Ah oh, man, I'm so done with this gatekeeping bullshit. Like fuck. Like okay, when I went to see. Um, the Fat Rec 25 tour. Yeah. I knew a lot of no effects. I knew a lot of flatliners. I knew a lot of maxed intruder. Um, I knew a decent amount of lag wagon. I knew a bit of swinging udders. But I didn't know any strung out before I went to that show. Yeah. And... I stayed right at the front, like, right on the barricade the entire time that band played, right with all the dudes wearing their strung-out shirts. And I wasn't singing along to the songs because I didn't know the songs. But I came out of that show a pretty big strung-out fan. Like, one of the first things I did the next day was I went on iTunes and I bought two albums. Like, you know, like... 
out of the 25 songs my gym playlist on my iPod, four of them are by this band. Yeah. So if these other dudes in strung out shirts had been gatekeeping at this show and being like, yo, you can't be up front like this while this band's playing because you don't know them as well as I do, I wouldn't have become a fan. Exactly. And, like, I feel like it's similar shit with the rest of this stuff like yeah I, like I've, you have people becoming fans of these characters you have people becoming fans of these games because they're able to go and see it or play it and enjoy it I've got a similar experience with Watchmen because when that movie came out I had no idea what Watchmen was I had never heard of it I had never read it I I didn't know. I said, okay, this is a movie. And I went to see it, and I fell in love with it, and I bought the book, and it, like, you know, it became one of my all-time favorite graphic novels. And it actually led me on the path of reading comics as an adult. But, you know, like, there's no need for gatekeeping. There's no fucking point. No. You know, it's, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like, I was guilty of it in my younger years. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's very much a... Like, I I did some stupid shit, like... Like, there's a girl that I know now, and she and I still laugh about this today, thankfully. But, um, when I was 19, I had a Misfits tattoo on my arm, and I had a Misfits belt, and I used to wear Misfits shirts all the time. And I went to an all-ages show, and this girl who was a couple years younger than me, um, she was wearing the same belt buckle. And she was like, oh, cool, we had the same belt buckle. Look, oh, cool, misfits. And one of the first things I said to her was like, you know, like, name this many misfits songs. And when she couldn't, I was like, you shouldn't be wearing that belt buckle. And, like, she and I talked about that, like, this was... 13 years ago and she and I talked about that like two months ago and we laughed about it thankfully because you know we're still on good terms and we've both recognized that you know I was being an idiot yeah yeah like I I acknowledged the error of you know what I was getting on with back then but like yeah like I see stuff like that that I used to do myself and I'm just like, oh my god, like, the fuck was wrong with me? Yeah. But it very much is a sort of teenager mindset. Yeah. You know. It, it is a teenager mindset. And the fact that so many grown-ass adults are carrying it on these days. Yeah. It's fucking embarrassing. Is a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to say about Captain Marvel, the movie? Um... The only thing I really have to say about Captain Marvel right now is go see the fucking movie and just go in as a blank slate. Like, don't go into this movie with your fucking preconceived notions about how much you're going to hate it. Just go see the fucking movie and form an actual opinion. Yeah. Don't have an opinion based on what the internet and whatever subreddits you follow tell you 
to think about it. Just go fucking see the movie. If you like it based on the quality of the movie, like it. If you don't like it, don't like it. That That's fine. You're allowed to not like it. But, you know, I, I kind of feel like you have to actually, you know, have a decent idea about the movie, if not see the fucking movie, before you can decide you don't like it. Yeah. I gotta agree. I mean, yeah. this is coming from someone who's not gonna watch that Motley Crue movie, because, you know, I've already kind of made up my mind about it, but, you know what, like... But the difference being, Motley Crue. Even even before I heard a single review of the movie, I watched the trailer for it, and I was just kind of like, "This doesn't really look like my type of movie." Yeah. See, the difference there is Motley Crue is not a band that you listen to, therefore, it's not a movie that you would watch anyway. Whereas, there are people who have seen every fucking Marvel movie who are like boycotting Captain Marvel over yeah. this shit. And I mean, Black Panther faced similar types of bullshit, not to the same extent, I don't believe, but like that's kind of telling too, the fact that the first two movies that weren't centered around white dudes, yeah. both faced backlash. I think the reason Black Panther didn't face as much is because Chadwick Boseman wasn't as outspoken as Brie Larson. Yeah. Um Similar note, have you heard the the Jordan Peele stuff lately? Yeah. He faced a bit of criticism because he said that he's not looking to cast white men as the leads in his movies. His reasoning being, as he says, I've already seen that movie. Yeah. Which, yeah, like, like it's like any creator of original content. They, they The protagonist, they often... Uh, reflect the the writer or director's own experiences. So, well, I mean, okay, that's why the black kid in South Park's name is Token, because like, what movies did I watch the most as a teenager? Slasher movies. Yeah, and a lot of like the Friday Thirteenth movies that were made in the eighties have like the one with I'm doing air quotes here. Yeah, Token black guy. Oh yeah, it's it's very much like a cliche. Yeah, the one character that's black. Yep, and they almost always die first. Yep, like the person that lives till the end is never like, you know, it's never the black person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like- I mean, like those. Those movies are pretty cookie cutter anyway. I mean, that's why there's the term final girl because like it's almost always like the guy and girl at yeah. the end. Yeah. The starry-eyed lovers make it till the end. Yeah, of course. Um well like no, I, I don't uh and I saw a a tweet the other day. I I don't remember it offhand, but it was talking about a bunch of other famous directors who don't cast black actors because Basically because they don't really know how to write them. And they don't have that experience. Which, I mean... eh, You know, but... There's ways around that, though. Yeah, like... I mean, if I was making a movie... 
And my only reason for not casting a black person is me saying, I don't know how to write a black person. Yeah. There are writers out there that you can contact and be like, hey, do you want to help me write this character? Do you yeah. want to give me a hand with this? Yeah. There's, there's enough skilled professionals out there that are capable of doing so that if that's your only reason for not having that part in a movie, you can contact someone and collaborate. Yeah. And also, I th- I th- there's a, a bit more to it in, in certain ways where, like, cer- some of these directors have said, have put it a little nicer than others. I'll, I'll, I don't even remember who which directors it was, so I'm not going to drop any names there, but... Yeah. Um, I, like, like he's got a point. He said that he's seen that movie already, and he has. He's he wants to do something different, yeah. and that is exactly what he's doing because Jordan Peele is lighting the. But he's, yeah, he's doing it so well. He is. He's doing it fantastically, and we're seeing, we're seeing points of view in horror movies that we've never seen before. No. And what's wrong with that? Like, why do you want to see the same thing, same tropes, over and over and over and over? Like, you get the same movies made over and over, and people complain about it, and then you have someone like Jordan Peele giving us something new, and people fucking complain about it. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) That's how it goes. People just don't like to be happy. No, no. If... The fandom, if the overwhelming majority of the fandom could have their own way, we would get, like, five and six superhero movies about white male superheroes a year. Every video game would star a rugged white male character, and that's basically all we'd get, ever. Yep. And they'd be totally fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so on that note, we have the audience question for this uh, episode um, that we will get back to on the next episode. I don't know when we're going to get a chance to record again. You're going out of town yeah. for a little bit. Um, I would I would imagine our next episode is going to be our two-year anniversary around the end of the month. And hopefully with some Avengers Endgame reviews in there as well. Um but our audience question, our question for the listeners after that great Captain Marvel chat is, who is your favorite, uh, I don't know how to put this, your favorite female movie hero of all time? Which is a vague term. Uh, we're not saying specifically superheroes. I mean, there's a lot of uh, horror and uh, sci-fi. Well, that's what I was about to yeah. say. My top three are all horror. Yeah? Cool. I've got a lot of yep. uh, different sci-fi and some other stuff in there. We, we're, we're probably gonna. I already, I already told Emily who my top three were, and she was just like, "Yeah, none of that surprises no, me." No, no. I think I, I think I got at least two of those in in my head here. Um. So yeah, that uh, we'll post that on social. Once we're done recording, I wanted, I want you to say those two names yeah. so I can see if you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, so yeah that we'll post on social media and we will discuss all your answers as well as our own on the next episode um, we should mention a couple other little things but housekeeping here uh, our tea public is going strong 
You guys are all yep. sending in your pictures of your uh, your T-shirts, your 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 Jedi dropouts merch, which I'm loving. Uh, yeah, I got I I get email notifications whenever we make a sale, and even if I'm like at work and I just like check my phone in my downtime, and I got a little email being like, "You've made a sale." It just brightens me right up. That's awesome. Uh, so head over to what's the link again? T public, it's tpublic.com slash user slash Jedi Dropouts Productions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a little bit. Of- you can find you can find the link on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, is it on our Instagram right now? Uh, I think it should be there. I'll make sure it is. Okay, so by the time this episode's up, the link will be on our social media accounts yes anyway yep and another little thing here uh it's not up right yet but it will be up i think by the time this episode is um we are doing a little thing with in a podcasting app um for a limited time we're going to be featured as a, a bonus podcast on podcoin um, now, Ooh. yeah, and Podcoin is a, a cool little app. I started using a little while ago, and I reached out. And I've been talking with the developer behind the app, and basically, how Podcoin works is uh, you listen to your podcasts through this app. They've got a, a wide directory. Uh, pretty much every podcast. I haven't come across anything that I can't find on there yet. And uh, f- for every bit of podcast that you listen to through this app, you get points, little credits in the system. And you can use those credits to buy gift cards for yourself. Uh, Let me just, let me have a look. Let me see. Quick rewards. Amazon gift cards, Starbucks gift cards. Uh, They have, um, if you really save up, you can get a pair of headphones there. They've got all these little gift cards and stuff. But the cool thing is, you can also take these points and convert them into donations to charities. Like, uh... Nice. Towards, let's see, clean water, um, books for poor children, safe homelessness, and AIDS, uh, global warming charities. They've got a lot here. So, and, and here's the thing, like, we're not putting pressure on you to do either. You can do whatever you want with it. But uh, for every 10 minutes of podcast listened to, you get a point. And uh, I just listen to all my podcasts like I normally do, and I'm getting all these rewards. And you know what? I think I might uh, I might give back with this. Maybe put my listening to good use, and uh, Fuck yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll save the rainforest with my podcast listening. Who knows? Um, and by listening to Jedi Dropouts with our increasingly lengthy episodes yep. of two idiots rambling we could save the world we could and that's the thing as a bonus podcast you get extra points for listening to Jedi dropouts through the app for nice. a limited amount of time and we'll be featured in the uh, the bonus section of the app um, I'm thinking that should be up soon I was uh, I emailed the confirmation yesterday and waiting to hear back now so check out nice. Podcoin. I highly recommend it. It's a great, and not only that, everything else aside, it's a really smooth running podcast app with a wide directory. Like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I haven't found anything that can't be found through this directory so far. 
And we're, we're already in the app. You can listen to us there now. It's just we'll be a bonus podcast soon with extra points. Nice. Yeah. Um, and as always, you can check out other episodes of Jedi Dropouts, uh, Final Form, and whatever else we do over at www.jedidropouts.podbean.com. Um, and I think that is about it. I think that's a wrap. Yep. Okay. Uh, thanks for dropping by. Something something. Drop out. Later. Peace.